Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for And there it goes, ladies and gentlemen. We are off and running once again. Another episode of the Conspiracy Farm. Jeffrey Wilson riding shotgun with the champion of champions, UFC Hall of Famer Pat Milicic. What's up this day, champ? I'm just glad you made it over today. We've got a very good guest, a counterpart from all the way in Ireland. I'm very excited to have him on. Absolutely. But before we start chopping it up with our guy, Gordon Rockford, Rochford from The Conspiracy Guys, now down to The Conspiracy Guy, just wanted to holler at some of our farmers out there. Pat and I, have we have discussed numerous times online and et cetera, et cetera, taking the show on the road. We've been just doing some amazing numbers all over the country from the West Coast, Los Angeles, Sacramento, Seattle, Portland, Chicago, Texas, Atlanta, New York. And we want to take this bad boy on the road, but we got to gauge the interest first, of course. So Chicago, we're looking at you to start this bad boy off. So if you guys have any interest in Patrick and myself, we have a tentative location locked down. Do a live show in Chi-Town. Live show, meet and greet, Q&A session with the champion and myself. If you guys have any interest, feel free to Throw me a tweet at I'm Jeffrey Wilson on Twitter. Throw Pat or at, at Pat Militich. You can go to our Facebook page, The Conspiracy Farm, and message us as to your interest. And as well, you know, if you enjoy the content that we keep bringing to you guys, we want to keep this machine well oiled and firing, firing on all cylinders. So feel free to click the PayPal links on any of our videos, any of our shows on SoundCloud, etc. And please, ladies and gentlemen, support the farm. Any and all is appreciated. And like you said, we keep this bad boy going with your assistance. We would love the donations to, you know, basically you're feeding the starving real news fund. And that's a, yeah, that's a perfect way to put it. And today, man, we are, you know, no exception in bringing the pain. I'm really excited to talk to this guy. I've been a fan of this show for quite a while. I mean, they, uh, you, you name it, from Natalie Holloway to the Federal Reserve. He just dropped one on Jim Morrison the other day. I, they go, they cover all the bases that relates to conspiracy. And I'm just looking forward to this conversation. Mr. Gordon Rockford, he is the host of The Conspiracy Guys. Like I said, it's now. Gordon, you're going to have to give him the, the proper pronunciation again of your last name. Rochford. Rochford. Uh, yeah, he, he, he says it. He corrects himself. <laughs> I guess it's that it's some weird internal uh it's called American It's called Americanism. <laughs> it's a speech impediment. Right. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm screwing up. But yeah, man, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for coming on. Like I said, you guys, man, you cover so many different things. And, you know, when we kind of started on our show and people have asked us, we've been on other shows. When did we when did we start with the conspiracy stuff? When was the bug that bit us? For me, it was JFK. For Pat, it was standing in line with his grandmother in Albion, Iowa, when Nixon took us off the gold standard. And he's trying to wait with his grandmother to get her money out of the bank. When did the conspiracy bug bite you, my friend? Um, I was walking through Temple Bar, which any American tourists have been to Dublin. They've probably been there and got fucking robbed for the price <laughs> of a pint because it's uh, <laughs> all those places have big windows. Do you know what I'm saying? They can see these Americans coming with their fanny packs and their college sweaters, you know, their Levi uh, jeans. Le- yeah, the Levi jeans and the hats, the baseball caps. <laughs> and uh, they charge a lot of money. So we're walking through Temple Bar. Uh, I've just started college. It's September 2001 and a friend of mine goes to get a piercing she's getting a belly button piercing we were in the piercing place and i had a tv in the corner and i was like that looks kind of weird can you turn that up 
and it was uh, it was the, the the first tower of the twin towers had been hit, and we watched the second plane uh, go into it live, and everyone kind of did a little shit in their pants, like dropped a couple of Maltesers, and I was already kind of a little bit. I, I guess Awake. I wouldn't call it woke at the time, but yeah. it was a small bit like suspicious of general society. And uh, I went, yep, that's it. That's World War Three now. We're all fucked. Get ready. <laughs> Some shit's going to go down now. And uh, we're going to blame it on, I guess, Iraq or something like that. Just watch. Watch what happens. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that that was kind of it, it. It spurred me on then to go deeper into like internet culture and uh, I moved I lived in Estonia for a couple of years and over there we had very good broadband and I built my own computers and we got into like the boards kind of culture we got into um the real you know, talk yeah real talk people talking about some stuff sharing some stuff there was like the you know the the remember all these p2p sharing apps like Sharaza or ED, ED2K eDonkey LimeWire all this shit from back wow, there. You're, you're going back there, baby. LimeWire there. Yeah. yeah. So Kaza. it was like a, a yeah, Kazaa, Sherazan, all this stuff. So they had um, like a massive contingent of people because there was no such thing as YouTube. We had like maybe Daily Motion, uh, nothingtoxic.com possibly or rotten.com. They would have these videos there. Um, the Sacred Cow Productions, the stuff that Alex Jones was producing back in the day before Infowars. Right. And. These that. were being kind of disseminated around on this boards system using P2P sharing software before, like because bandwidth is really expensive. So we didn't really watch all these docs that we watch now. We could like, you could put a yoke on YouTube and leave a click and through, you know, 200 hours of stuff without stopping all on one topic. That's how much is out there, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I definitely, I definitely, uh, I definitely think hash <laughs> also played a big part. I was a big hash smoker, uh, <laughs> smoking the occasional bud uh, now and again. And, you know, it changes your mind. It makes you think about things in a different way. And I was kind of questioning a lot of the stuff that was happening. And like any young person going, why am I not getting the things I want when I want them? <laughs> and um, looking at, you know, the elites, George Bush at the time was a great scapegoat for someone who was kind of dumb but also came from a massively uh, uh, kind of, uh, I guess, almost uh, monarchical yeah. family structure. Yeah. And, you know, he was a great scapegoat for, for the Illuminati or the, the powers that be at the time. So it was kind of all in that 2000. I was turning 18, like in 2000, 2001. So, um, yeah, that's when I kind of came online, as it were. But I always liked the X-Files and I always liked the aliens and science fiction and all when I was a kid. And I you know, wanted to be in the FBI, but I was too fat. And then, uh, obviously, later on, when my sensibilities became a little bit more liberal, I was too liberal. So it just, you know, it just, um, it was there always. I just had to find it. Without a doubt. And, and in my opinion, you know, that event really kind of opened the door to so much of what we've seen. Iraq, Afghanistan. Mm. Uh, thank you, Patrick. Um <laughs> <laughs> telling me off here he's like your corner he's boy. Nerv- <laughs> every like, day he's yeah, nervous man. every time we do yeah, this man, he gets got nervous got working with me he's sweating yeah I'm, I'm nervous to be in pat's company <laughs> actually ladies and gentlemen we were running a little behind today so i've been running around like a madman setting everything up so i never really gave my chance to sit chance to sit down and cool off but dodging kids coming pat, down my cul-de-sac him, yeah absolutely absolutely you give him some water to swish around these mountains <laughs> getting a bucket just to get, like, <laughs> we're going into the championship going into the championship round so let me let me get to this gordon i wanted to ask you you know, over in Ireland, you know, what is the yes. overall view of the general public of, you know, 
Donald Trump and this war against the deep state, are they aware? What percentage are aware? And what percentage are completely clueless, like a vast number of Americans who are convinced that Hillary Clinton was was a godsend to the nation and, and should have been the first female president. So what, what, what's going on in Ireland yes, overall? That's a, there's an awful lot going on in that question, Pat. It's a great question. I have to say, you've set me up to not only fuck over my own countrymen, <laughs> but to say how shitty Americans are by way of the ignorance of my own people. So fair play. Great question. <laughs> uh, Look, we, I I'm, I, my, I'm just going to make, uh, you know, uh, a stab in the dark that roughly at least half of both of our nations are complete fucking idiots. I think half of everywhere is fucking idiots. Yeah, because you had a nice percentage that voted for Hillary Clinton. So, you know, not that Trump's the man, in my opinion. But, yeah, it's a uh... look at yeah, there's 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 a, a, per, a pervasive view more so now than ever before because of the ubiquity of social media. Information flow is almost, uh, uh, you know, uh, uni- universally available. Everybody has a device. Right. Uh, there's uh, like a, a, a news omniscience where everyone can att- like get. You, you can be having an argue with someone in a pub and you can just go and pull out a phone and be like, you're wrong, motherfucker. And then the other guy would be like, find two, two articles that supports him and like, you're wrong, motherfucker. Like it just it ends up being so divisive, so bipartisan. And it doesn't I guess it doesn't. uh supersede culture or location or anywhere like no. that like here we, we just had a referendum in ireland on the legalization of abortion now that's a great kind of a, a, a reduction of what it was about but basically we have a constitution in ireland that was written by a politician and a bishop right so you can understand the catholic influence in ireland wow yeah was very much written into the fabric of our society. And I know in the American Constitution, it was written by a bunch of guys who were part of the Enlightenment. They were very scientific. They were very socially minded. But they were also like slave owners and gun owners and businessmen and white people and anti-colonials and, you know, all these kind of uh, uh, other p- political purveyances. A pretty good spectrum over, of people. You know, in Ireland... We have these laws and have had these laws that seem like archaic. Right. So condoms, if you believe this shit, condoms were illegal in Ireland up to 1993. Wow. Is that why they used um, sheep intestines? Well, sheep intestines were the first condoms. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you use what you get. You use what you get, Pat, you know, get some cling film out of the kitchen cabinet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the dental dam, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, get it in, man. Just whatever happens. Like, and uh, <laughs> the condoms until 1993, like that was 93. Like the previous 10 years was the height of the AIDS epidemic. Yeah. The height of it. And yeah. they were illegal in Ireland, you know, uh, so much so that they have the nickname French Letters. You hear old Dublin lads and be like, uh, come here, dear. Have you got any of them French letters? Because they used to have to get them illegally posted over from France. Wow. No joke. <laughs> no joke, right? So uh, there's still uh, in Ireland a blasphemy law where you're not allowed to, on 
you know, national media or public media talk shit about the church or, or about God or anything. And if somebody complains, you can be fined up to 25,000 euros. Now, no one has been convicted of that in a really long time, but it still sits on the books of law. Wow. Well, that's and even like other places in Europe where, you know, it's it's illegal to to question the Holocaust or use the word yes, Nazi. And, sure. you know, that's it's pretty insane. Yeah, like Austria has has a, a big thumb up its butt from uh, the ADL, the Anti Defamation League, where you can't say anything at all. In England, there was people convicted of those of those Holocaust denial uh, uh, accusations. We even did a whole show on Holocaust denial and talked about it in depth. Uh, if you want to go and check that out, conspiracy farmers. Yeah, no. <laughs> The, the the constitution in Ireland to think with uh, this uh, uh, it was called a repeal the eighth so there was a movement to repeal the eighth amendment to our constitution which was that uh, basically uh, women couldn't get an abortion they're not allowed to end the pregnancy so people were going to England to get abortions and it was this whole oh yeah you've got her pregnant she may get the boat and you just had to get the boat go over to England have a scrape and suck or whatever you do and back you go and you say nothing about no to say nothing to no one and say you were just over for a weekend away like it was real seedy and unsafe right. like there was women walking around towns in england like bleeding out like they were bleeding in the fucking airplane chairs on the way home because they hadn't got like you know properly tucked up or whatever like it was barbaric right so they wanted to appeal this uh, a couple of years ago then a woman called savita uh, she she died during childbirth because the doctor refused to end the pregnancy to save the life of the mother, and there was small addendums put onto this amendment, and people were going mad about this thing for for years, and finally they got a date for a referendum. Everyone came out and voted. Basically, seventy percent of Ireland voted for this amendment to be repealed, and now abortion will be legal and in operation from around November this year. That vote split the country in half, man. Really, I, I would, I would talk, imagine. Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. We talk silent majority, like Trump and the exit polls back in like November 2016 was the biggest wake up call to people that are sitting around their sitting room, sitting around the lounge, smelling their own farts, fucking rubbing their dicks with righteousness, going, oh, oh I fucking love being right. Like, cool, great, good for you, but you're not right and you're not speaking for... The majority of people there's a great uh, kind of a wash of righteousness happening now where people will put these uh, uh, i guess moral barriers or moral uh, uh, tide marks against your character and if you don't live up to those then you're an asshole or you're a reprobate or a deplorable and mm-hmm. this that happened here with, with with that vote where the people who voted no were totally within the rights it was a referendum right and they didn't believe in abortion or they didn't believe you know there's so many nuances and the gray area of that argument is so uh uh divisive like if you don't believe that it's a child until it comes out then the argument is is abortion okay until the day before it's born like all of these little things and you can watch infinity amount of youtube channels uh, uh, that have all of these abortion uh, uh, planned parenthood protests and all this kind of shit still going on right but we didn't even have the margaret sanger planned parenthood like sterilization of uh, uh, disabled people and black people we didn't even have that kind of argument here at least in america there's a there's a eugenics question. Right. That yeah, were still, absolutely. They were still uh, operating like eugenics programs on black people up until the 70s. Yeah. Like that's fucked up, man. Tuskegee yeah. and all shit still going on. Right? Yeah. So in Ireland, we didn't have that. We just had this per- uh, pervasive Catholic guilt. 
where a lot of people were going, I'm voting no because I want to force the government to do something about the homeless people and do something about the people around social welfare instead of giving them the opportunity to get pregnant as they're going to do because they're fucking on drugs or they're poor or they're, you know, in a situation where riding is probably all you have to do, right? And also they're not getting education around uh, pregnancy or around sexual health. Also, they're not getting support then when they do get pregnant. So these kids are being born into awful circumstances and getting involved in that shit young. And then you have 14, 15, 16 year olds getting pregnant and being forced to have their kids. Like it was bananas. Wow. And half the country was out here protesting <clears throat> against it. And the other half was protesting for it. So there was a yes camp and a no camp. And we got divided right down the middle. Now, some might say, and I'm one of those some, that Ireland just hadn't got anything to give out about and they were looking at all the people protesting in America and they were like, oh, I'd love a good protest. <laughs> I'd love a good old march now with a few signs. I see them doing it in America and I'd love to do that here. Um, that, that could be a, the case. They could have done that. But I think if you're allied with the no side on the abortion debate, traditionally that's allied with Republican, conservative, you know, uh, uh, right-wing politics. And if you're left... You're pro-abortion, well, pro-choice, not maybe right, pro-abortion. Right. So pro-choice, you're pro-liberty, you're pro-women's you know, women's rights, women's health, and you're left, and you're liberal, and you're Hillary, and you're Democrat. Right. And never the twain shall meet. There's no grave. There's no, no in- intersection of those political ideals. So if you don't agree with, like, uh, abortion, then you're a cunt right. to everybody who does. And that's, that's the problem with American politics that it's the very same like it does spill out over here and Americana and American culture is is definitely the the overwhelming influence in, in Ireland like all the TV shows all the movies the fashion right, the music right. like Ireland has its own identity and it has its own culture it has its own music and all that stuff but for the most part contemporary culture is predominantly either American or, or British. For sure. And it's interesting the level of divisiveness you guys have going over on over there over that abortion issue, which, sure. you know, it's definitely a huge issue, but I look at it over here in America <clears throat> as one of those kind of political footballs that they just have the right fighting with the left and vice versa, yeah. while, as you've talked about and we've talked about on the show, illegal wars are being fought, children are being trafficked, organs are being harvested, you know what I mean? And, and it's interesting to see, in your country, you know, them, them really... Do you, I was going to ask you, the level of divisiveness over that issue, is it just a normal kind of political polarized discussion or is it like I said, I said on Facebook today, I think we're being engineered here and maybe globally for a civil war as what we're seeing, you know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, even though right or wrong, you know, being denied access to a restaurant based on our political beliefs, you know, limos are being set on fire during these protests. You know, it's just it's so anti-Trump and so anti whatever side you're on. So, Not even that yet, but like Maxine Waters yes. standing at, at a, a, a rally of people saying, if you see these Republican representatives yeah. in your establishment, make a crowd. I was going to ask you about that as well. Push that, back. Yeah. Like, that's insane. That's not like the government sanctioned. Uh, uh, aggressive call the, action towards call the violence. Towards call the violence. Yeah. Well, either, it's either that in representatives. It's either like that democratically elected representatives, man. Right. What, what Maxine Waters is either that what you just spoke about, or it's one hell of a deterrent to take psychotropic drugs. Right. <laughs> one or the other. I don't know if because Ma- she, was Maxine on the on the pipe. I well, I would say she's she seems like she's on some serious antidepressants to me. I mean, 
her, uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Adam Schiff, uh, several others seem like they're completely off their rockers, nowhere near Earth. They are on Pluto 100%. When that's, that's per, per what you were just saying, and I'm glad you brought it up, you know, the Maxine Waters, just the the level of divisiveness that's going on in this political climate we've seen the last two or three years is something I've never seen before. I mean, we've always had discussions right, left, et cetera, different philosophical discussions on how we think the world should be, but I've never seen it so visceral. And, and Families are breaking up. Marriages are breaking up. Friendships are ending. And I mean, and you guys are seeing it over there with just particularly that issue of an abortion. But I'm going to ask you about how the e- how the role of the EU and Brexit and all that kind of plays in people's discussion as well. But I, I've just never seen it so visceral right now and so polarized. Well, it's a generational thing, right? And this is the natural uh, this is the natural like recycling of this 25 to 30 year. Marxist uh, creep, uh, kind of generational it. sway between liberal politics and conservative politics. Do you know? Yeah. So you had like the sixties and then the eighties, and then you had the nineties, and now you have now. Do you know? So there's this kind of like the middle ground. Kind of was the seventies where everyone was trying to pick up the pieces, and some some stuff came out. Like like a lot of people got on coke. There was loads of quaaludes. It was just like, oh, let's forget about it. Let's forget about it. Let's just get f- fucked up and forget about it. The 2000s was kind of like that, where like, shit, just loads of money. Let's just rail a load of coke and fucking go mad and stay out all night, you know. Um, that's where that's where festival culture came from. That was all invented in those times. It was like, come here, do you know what's better than going out drinking for one night? <laughs> going out drinking for four nights. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, you know, like, it's just like, let's get fucked up. And then as soon as that happens, then everybody gets into like this liberal mentality where they're like, OK, come here, calm down. We're all hung over. We all have a bit of fear. The world is kind of a bit shit. Let's all fix it, okay, guys? Let's all come together and just fix it, okay? And now is the resurgence of this um, uh, liberal politics, but it's it, it's now been like forged in the fires of the universities in America, right? And you're talking about like cultural Marxism. I have an episode that's coming out in a couple of weeks on culture and Marxism, and I researched all this stuff like pretty, pretty heavily. Um, to even mention the term cultural Marxism draws up these, uh, I guess, associations with anti-Semitism. It's 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 been marked like as an anti-Semitic phrase because it's based around the teachings and writings of uh, the people from what's called the Frankfurt School. Right. So yeah. these guys were a bunch of like philosophers and sociologists Which they, who came together then, in Frankfurt. Then, yeah, in the and then 20s. they spread out and, and um, spread their, their poison and toxin into the minds of many around the world, including American educators. Well, that's it. Like they, they started uh, in the 20s. They worked all the way through the war years. As soon as the war hit in, predominantly were Jewish, so they had to be like, okay, fucking Hitler's stomping around, let's get the fuck out of here. And they moved to New York and they set up camp there and they started disseminating their information, but got in and their whole motto was like, let's get into the uh, the, the halls of of, uh, of power, let's get into the Academia. halls of the universities, yeah. let's infiltrate from the top down because they're, they're highly educated people. So that first wave all came out like in the 50s in America and we saw the outcome of that from the students in the 60s who it was like a cultural revolution they all came out like everyone's about you know free love in the 60s but free love and sexual liberation and ambiguous uh, uh, sexual self classification all that kind of stuff 
that all came from uh, Theodore Adorno, who was one of the guys from the Frankfurt School, who's who's he basically wrote like gender politics. Like that's what they're teaching now in college is all from the Adorno uh, 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 gender Doctrine, yeah. kind of thought process. Are you familiar with George um, Atwell at all? George Atwell. Tell yeah. me. No, I mean, you had done an episode on uh, like basically the kind of Christ conspiracy and then your recent one on Jim Morrison, which I haven't listened to yet. But, you know, his, his kind of thing was, you know, with the 60s, all of that was kind of weaponized. This social social kind of counterculture was was really sort of manufactured and weaponized by a lot of individuals with intelligence ties. Jim Morrison's dad, you know, an admiral in the Navy. You know, you have all these other prominent uh, Frank, mu- Zappa's Frank Zappa, these musicians from the 60s with all these kind of intelligence ties tied into the Tavistock Institute, which was, you know, basically. Right, right. So yeah. it's just interesting to hear. It's like you Laurel, Laurel Canyon stuff. And exactly, all that. exactly. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting how so many of these things are kind of manufactured and engineered. But, you know, back in the 60s, Timothy Leary was supposed to be this. Not, Timothy Leary, yeah. It was supposed to be this like organic, like you said, free love, et cetera, et cetera. But it was really something that was being weaponized. I don't know if. if uh, See, it's very hard to say one begets the other. Maybe it was like a, a, a grassroots type of organization that ended up being like, oh, hey, check this shit out. Like when acid started, uh, uh, Dr. Hoffman invented it in the mid 50s and people were taking it. and They were like, oh, this is cool, but it takes a little while to become a culture. So in the time that it was growing as a culture, maybe people were going in and going, do you know what's great? This fucking acid stuff. Mm-hmm. If we get that and make it like super strong and it causes like anxiety, like we could get a whole generation of people fucked up and really vulnerable and listening to us. So you talk about we did one. Uh, we did an episode on psychedelics where we talked about that particularly. And uh, uh, if you if you remember the Hell's Angels uh, went mental at the crowd at Altamont yeah. with, with the Rolling Stones. And they had this uh, sunshine acid, this orange sunshine acid, similar to the stuff that uh, Charles Manson and the Manson family were kind of given around um, California at the time. And it was like this crazy strong, like mind melting acid that was government created. It was like industry strength acid that they gave all the people. And eventually the Manson family committed their murders and all that stuff. And then, you know, some kid, he takes acid and he's like fucked up for two weeks. And the parents are like, my little Jimmy, he took those, those orange thingies. And now he's completely, he's looking at him. He's wired. He's totally crazy right now. And then they see on the fucking news that like, uh, uh, you know, crazed acid family living on a ranch in California kills Catherine Tate and her, her family and her friends. Like they're putting those two things together and going acid is bad. Like, Manson and Jonestown was the end of the 60s, was the end of that movement. And politically and like ethically, morally, people didn't like weren't going to accept that shit anymore. They went, no, this is the end of that. Did you no ever hear the, the conspiracy love. theory on Jonestown being a, or Jonestown being a, a CIA psychological operation? Did you ever hear anything mm-hmm. about that? Yeah, absolutely. You did a massive episode on Jonestown and uh, talking about Jim Jones doing all these speeches you know uh, uh and there's there's fbi and cia guys in the audience and you can hear them on the mic like commanding people here hither and thither um even so far as like when there were do you remember did you ever listen to that last that last uh, recording of jim jones when everybody's taking the taking the kool-aid drink my uh, children drink no but he's there like everybody you want to quieten down those children now don't be upset don't be upset nobody like and and there was children screaming as they injected like poison into their mouths. But the dudes that were minding them all were all CIA guys and they all 
escaped somehow. Yeah. They all yeah. got away somehow. But there's also stuff in that episode about um, black sites in Venezuela. Um, there was like a, a militia coming across the border and Jonestown was like the first point of contact. Very, very interesting, like weird stuff. If you want to check out that episode of those conspiracy guys on Jonestown. Yeah. And the interesting well, thing as far too is the, 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 sorry, the, go sorry, ahead. Pat, go ahead. I was just going to mention about the, the politicians and the reporters that were attacked when they flew in, they were, they had landed the plane there and gone in and as they were leaving, walking back to the plane, they were attacked and killed. Uh, yeah. Killed. A congressman uh, was shot as well, which yeah. basically kicked off this whole suicide pact. That like Jonestown's yeah. a super interesting uh, conspiracy theory. It really There's is. There's so much in it. Yeah. Um, and the mind control aspects of it was definitely around like psychotropic drugs, you know. And and to be honest, any of that stuff <clears throat> like you talk about, um, poor old James Holmes, you know. I know he killed yeah. a lot of people in the cinema, but he was on psychotropic drug trials in, in, in his university. Like as part of a psychology course, like, come on, man. Yeah, in America, shit. in America, over the past twenty-five years, uh, roughly ninety-five percent of all mass shootings uh, were at the hands of people who were raised on, you know, the the Ritalins and the Prozacs and all those types of drugs. Yeah. And and the reason I say that is I know that because I I used to teach children martial arts, a large number of children, and many times boys were brought to me who had, you know, some serious behavioral problems, and they were heavily sedated and you know i would always discuss with the parents that it was our goal to get the kids off of these drugs if that's at all possible most of yeah. the time the parents agreed many times the some some of the times the parents would go oh no <laughs> you're not taking johnny off of that stuff but it was you know millions upon millions of boys especially who were being raised like that sure. and i just saw into the future when they got off of mom and dad's insurance when they didn't have the money to pay for it and suddenly they were an adult thrust into the real world and now reality hits and they're not numb anymore and the shit's going to hit the fan and that's exactly what and their, their brain's been completely rewired over the last 18 to 20 years being right, on this shit right. yeah well that's that's the generational thing there again like we have a huge episode on big pharma where we talk about that and talk about the opioid crisis and talk about over prescription of um like uh, albuterol based like xanax now is the is the is the big one or um adhd medication like ritalin provigil all of these type of ones where you're changing the brain chemistry of people right so this generation is coming now and i'm speaking like an old man this generation is <laughs> coming up now these whippersnappers they're, they're all on their on popping their pills <laughs> uh dyeing their hair blue but like they're coming into a world that has never taken shit off anybody like no matter what about like culture pervading pervading culture or whatever like uh, uh, you know a, a, a more liberal stance towards people like whatever right the world doesn't give a fuck about you no matter how much care and love and all of those hallmark messages that you put out or how many fucking minions memes or participation that you, that you trophies, Facebook, participation trophies like, you give them but all of the all of the positive energy in the world is not going to change the fact that you have to take responsibility for your own life, your own actions, and it is now an internal focus of attention that has been pointed outwards, and instead of changing yourself, right. you want the world to change to suit you. Exactly. But the problem there lies that you're going to have to have infinite worlds to suit infinite. 
personalities, infinite genders as it is now, infinite sets of law and uh, uh, social decorum, rather than a kind of a, a universally agreed level of performance or level of interaction with one another. Right. Like there is 1% of a community that are demanding compelled speech and compelled laws on the other 99%. Yeah. Right. Based on some moral and ethical kind of convoluted shenanigans that was made up on college campuses. And this is the definition of cultural Marxism. Yes. Like Marxism in itself is the the economic term um, where you're you're taking the bourgeoisie and the proletariat, like the, the rich versus the poor. So what they've done and what the Frankfurt School did and what all of these guys did through, through the, the, the methods and teachings of postmodernism is basically take Marxism – and in the 40s, they knew, like, it's not going to work as a political uh, operation system. It's not going to work. People aren't – like, the workers are not going to work a bunch and then, like, give away their money to the people who don't work. Especially in America where you're told, like, you can achieve the American dream. If you work real hard and do all your shit, you can make money to be happy. Now, you might not be a millionaire. You might not be a Rothschild. You have to be born into that shit. And, you know, that's a whole other conversation about white privilege. And, you know, um, we've all seen 13th. We've all seen that documentary where they're subjugating like black people with the 13th Amendment to the American Constitution by saying if you're if you're incarcerated as a criminal, you basically lose all rights and you're forced to, to, to work in, in, in prisons. Also, they're not allowing like black people in America to buy property in the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s even. Uh, like I'm buying property was like your only way to kind of accrue wealth and it's been proven by the families that did manage to buy a house in a half decent neighborhood when property prices shot up that they were able to get kind of some kind of equity on these houses and to be able to build a better life and send the kids into education and do all the stuff that everyone else did instead of just like putting them in a lot of projects and going well don't uh, don't kill yourselves um, right so so this kind of over overpowering cultural malaise that's happening with the smaller amount of people trying to control the bigger amount of people is Marxism just using culture instead. Yeah. And it's taken those same principles of the oppressor versus the oppressed, the rich versus the poor and flipping that on its head and saying, look, at we're the oppressed. We have a shield of protection against us because of our victimhood status. And you can't attack our uh, ethics you can't attack our morals and you can't attack our intentions because we have declared ourselves righteous and we're working towards the betterment of humanity like maxine waters yeah saying, exactly it doesn't matter what you do to those republicans god is you're on our free side. from guilt and recrimination because they're horrible people and Who god and she said and she actually truth? said god is on our side yeah yeah yeah, yeah. what the fuck is going on there I mean, and even just Madness. like the, the hijack. I mean, what you just—I mean, all what you just explained. You know, a part of that is the hijacking of like biology. Now, now it's you know, I don't care how you wish to live, but like you said, you trying to make ninety-nine percent of people behave a certain way because one or a few percent, you know, I, I identify as a woman, so I'm going into the women's bathroom even though I have a fucking. Dick I just want to say this before you go any further. When someone's bisexual, doesn't that imply that there's only two genders? Right. That's what they're, I mean, the, they're trying to get rid of the B from LGBT. That's not a joke, bottle of coke. They're trying to get rid of the B because it now uh, circumvents their re. It's stuck them in a stuck. I mean, this whole, this whole notion painted, of you can't they, say. Well, they, they painted themselves into a corner with bisexual. 
I mean, you can't say him or her. Now it's like Zer or whatever the fuck it is. Like it's just it be it becomes super absurd. Again, I think everybody should have the right to do whatever the fuck you want to do. You know, as long as you're not hurting people. But this notion, like you said, of just turning everything on its head now. You know, the language we speak, basic fucking biology, yeah. X and Y chromosomes now gets thrown out the window because a certain group of it's, people feel a certain. Dude, way. I just had a conversation today on Facebook with a guy uh, on John Serta. You remember John Serta? That name sounds familiar. Jose and John Serta, good friends uh, from across the river. Um, there was a conversation going on, and this guy got on there. His name was like Larry Smith. And he basically was going on and on about how he hated white people and and, bas- and ended up saying he was Latino. And I went, wait a minute. You identify as Latino because you are as white as they get, and your name's Larry Smith, so don't give me that <laughs> shit. So it ended up. Now that one of my friends, one of the brothers, John Serta, gets gets on the on the post and says he he gave up his citizenship in America and moved to Costa Rica. I go, oh, okay. So now he identifies as a brown guy, or he just loves brown women. (laughs) (laughs) Or or maybe he likes mai tais and sunshine. (laughs) Well, either way, either way, he wants the name Raúl. do you know what, lads? However, I, this is my personal belief, and I said this in our Culture of Marxism episode as well. It'll be out in a while. You can go and listen to it. We talk for seven and a half hours about all of this stuff in detail, like the politics, the history, the whole thing. If somebody, a friend of mine or somebody I know comes to me and they're like, hey, I identify as a woman now. Can you refer to me as she or they? Because I don't want you to say he. What are you going to say to that? What are you going like, to say to that? Do you know, if you're, if you're growing a beard and you're trying to take hormones and you're trying to grow little tits and you're wearing a skirt and you're shaving your legs and stuff, like I'm not going to make fun of you. I'm not right. going to refuse to call you she because you don't pass as a she yet. You haven't done all your things and got your Adam's apple shaved and got your knuckles done and all. Like if you want to identify as that, fair fucking play to you. You More power to you. Go ahead. Like work it, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you're coming to me and forcing me to do that, like to agree not, to agree with that that's not fair on everybody else right because that could be something that you might change your mind on later on and legislation is being made to like to make permanent those decisions and there are loads of these reclassifications and uh, uh, new functions of speech and speech is the most important thing and that's why like in in england between like the UK and, and America, America has this thing like written first amendment, like the most important amendment written into the constitution, free speech. Right. right? Uh, and there's been addendums to that, like with the civil rights act, uh, that, that, uh, you know, uh, prevents discrimination by race or religion or, or whatever in public places, and, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even still, like if somebody is being discriminated against because of the race or religion or political affiliation, right? Right. So they've created all of these things, all of these functions of speech and functions of societal interaction, like microaggressions, trigger warnings, safe spaces, all of these, all of these uh, functions of control. Yeah. Where they can control everybody else by way of cultural and so societal. Uh, subjectivity so if if you say something and they perceive it to be offensive then you are now the oppressor and they are the oppressed and by being the oppressed they get a whole section of rights that makes them feel righteous that makes them feel vindicated it makes them like feel I am in the right here similar to what Maxine Waters is roaring shouting about and we saw it in action 
at the Women's March in 2016 and then at the Women's March in 2017 where they weren't allowed to wear the pink pussy hats because it wasn't inclusive of all the, 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 the women of color that were marching in those marches because ordinarily their pussies may not be pink. Maybe they should have got like a pink hat and just had some brown piping maybe on it. Maybe some some different options. I don't know. I, I've, seen uh-huh. some, I've seen different types of pussies. Not all of them are purely pink. But like, I mean, is that a reason? And, and, to... and, and that's what I'm saying. That's the absurdity. This is where we've come to, you know, getting rid of the daughter date, daughter daddy dance because yeah. it's, 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 it's insane. It's in, where do you Father's see? Day, Father's Day this year was hijacked online by a load of uh, 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 pe- a load of people who wanted to promote like women's issues yeah and you know what at the time now it's probably the best time to swing for that kind of stuff because it's very hot topic it's very hot button and if you want to push through and make a bit of progress sure swing at that but don't be offended or don't be uh, uh, like puzzled when a load of people swing back at you exactly. because it's father's day it's not single mother's day right. it's not you know, Mother's Day because your dad is is, is separate to you, or uh, your your ma, your ma got a sex change and turned into your dad, and now she gets to celebrate or he gets to celebrate Father's Day. Like that was that was the feeling generally on a day when men are to be celebrated. They went, no, you can't have it. No, you've been the 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 overarching power now for the last while, and we're going to take away your power. Right. And by doing that, we're going to just undermine you at every available opportunity. Father's Day. No, no, no. Daddy, daughter day. No, 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 no. All of these little niggles, these little things that are just like little pokes to go, don't think you're fucking special. While right. at the same time, upping all of their, uh, uh, um, all of the liberal kind of yeah, causes absolutely. and cases. And it's to, like, to, it's to, a weird, like the daddy, daughter dance or Father's Day. It's like. I don't. It's just fucking insane, like how they just turn everything on its head. And like you said about the abortion issue, if you if you disagree, then you're somehow yeah. part of the problem. You're you know here comes another phallus. Like it's just having a fucking dick is now you know with the whole antifa. You know the, the patriarchal society is the reason the world is the way it is. So you know just the just by virtue of of us being males, we're, we're part of the problem. It's just it's really insane. And let me ask you, Max. I know like we can't keep you too much longer. In game, bro. Like this is. Like I said, I, I think this is this whatever they're called, the cultural social engineers, if you will, the the operation yeah. mockingbird controlling the news, controlling our narrative, controlling how we perceive events. Where do you see all of this going? I see it going into a decentralized internet, a decentralized system where we're not reliant on a bunch of corporations to decide what media we're allowed to consume or not we're not reliant on a bunch of people that we don't know who don't know us who are using a scorecard of offensive terms topics and uh modes of speech from censoring us for existing on their kind of uh, on their platforms that have ubiquitous social reach the likes of YouTube coming along and censoring a whole lot of right wing stuff, and then saying, "Whoa, we didn't do it. Whoa, somebody they've, pressed right. the button." They've done that know. to us. They've they demonetized. Twitter, they like, demonetized silence. us. Did they demonetize you on on YouTube? Uh, I, I, I got a, I got a couple of con, um, con, community guideline strikes for having <laughs> stuff up, but it was all during the David Hogg stuff. So like, I had a Sandy Hook episode, and I had a couple of videos, and I got a a ninety day streaming ban and I got another another ninety day streaming ban for putting something else up about gun control. So it was just like Wow. A lot of a lot of stuff has gone down the Orwellian memory hole 
yeah. uh, online. Um, Twitter is policing speech and is like very obviously biased towards liberal yeah. politics. Yeah. Because that's the right thing to do. Right, right. And there's calls for equality, but it turns out that some people are more equal than others. And there's this pushback, there's this clapback, you know, that's going on that isn't fair. And it's it's making useful idiots of a load of people who have been indoctrinated by a hundred year old uh, system of socialist philosophy that sounds great if you don't own anything. But as soon as you're a grown ass man with a house and a car and some right. kids, you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Right. Do you know, I know there's a lot of people in society that are alternative and they need to be taken care of just as much as, you know, John Q normal body. Right. Who has like, uh, you know, 2.4 kids and a picket fence and the whole shebang. But like the American dream is not the American dream anymore. And America is not the same America anymore. And it will continue on like that until there is some snap, some kind of backlash where we could end up in some sort of a handmaid's tale situation. It's not like these people are fighting against people who aren't willing to fight back. Exactly. I mean, the liberals, the liberals and all of these guys are coming up with their, their rhetoric, their psychological pseudo sociological like semi-scientific uh poo poo caca talk coming out of college making all these signs and doing all I these mean, marches it's just it's almost oxymoronic and, and they're you know they're antifa absolutely. but they won't but let you speak you know if you speak if jordan peterson whomever is at a campus they're gonna go shut you down but they're anti-fascist that's almost it's yeah. so weird they're behaving like fascists but yet they're anti-fascist it's changing the, the definitions of these things. Like what happened when Trump got elected? Everybody went punch a Nazi, punch a Nazi in the face. What does that take to define a Nazi? Right. Someone who disagrees with your liberal politics, you're a Nazi. I'm then justified by social, by, by society and by loads of famous people and loads of politicians. Punch a Nazi. I define you as a Nazi. Here's a punch. Right. No one's going to do anything about it. Sound. So what's the next thing then? Shoot a, I nearly said the N-word. Like, what, you know, if you're saying somebody is wearing a MAGA hat and Maxine Jones is like, punch these motherfuckers out. Maxine Waters. Don't let them buy it. Is this, is this going to be, what did I say? Maxine yeah. Jones. That's all right. Maxine we call her Waters. James Brown too because so she kind of got a... <laughs> Maxine Waters is going like punch these motherfuckers with a with a, a, a MAGA hat on. So are we going to have lads like in MAGA hats, white dudes sitting up at the lunch counter refusing to move? And then we have some kind of like brand new like white Malcolm X who's going to be like, by any means necessary. Like, is this going to be a white revolution? Is it going to like like how how do you expect that to turn out? You're fighting against the guys who have guns. Underground bunkers. Training. They also have a president that's on their side. Training. They have a, a lot of money. You're fighting against money. You're fighting against like what you would call the patriarchy. And people that have a lot and, to lose. People that have a lot to lose. So when when people that yeah. have a lot to lose are finally pushed into a corner, they're going to wreck shop completely. And they're and not utterly. throwing rocks. They're not doing Molotov, Molotov cocktails. They're bringing fucking hot AR. Lead. Throwing yeah. a lot of hot Ex lead. Yeah. And that's the thing. These guys are these kids, these kids who, like you said before, their mentality now is they don't really own a lot of them don't own shit. You know, they really have no skin in the game. It's just more of their feelings that they're messing with. And they're starting something that there is no way, shape or form. And God forbid it gets to this point, but there's no way they can shape or form. They can finish what they started if this goes really hot, because one side 
you know, whatever you want to call it, the, the, the side that's being kind of pushed in a certain way has been very, very patient from what I can tell. I'm apolitical. You know, I, mean, I try to straddle yeah. both sides a little bit because I think, you know, I think we're all kind of a mix of the two. But the, the, this particular side who is literally declaring war on free speech, you know, all of these different things, these, these cultural, basically Marxist kind of ideals that they have that they're trying to turn the world on its head. There's a shitload of people who are just not gonna go for this, and they have and been not pretty going silent already. Exactly, they're already saying, "Shut the fuck up, sit the fuck down." Yeah, we don't want to hear from you. And it, it, like on the news, you see, it's it's a culture war, is what's happening. Like this is a culture war that's been going on for maybe six or seven years, where these people who were in their early twenties back when they started are now coming up into their thirties. They have positions of power. You're talking about the people who are in media, they're in print media, they have, uh, they're influencers, they have a lot of people following them online. They've, because they're in the halls of, the new halls of power yeah. on the internet, they have like all the YouTube, the massive corporations like Facebook, Twitter, yeah. uh, 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 YouTube, all these, like the, the managers and, and decision makers in those companies are all of this political ideology because they came up, up with it over the last 10, 15 years. So they're able to actually make a change. And in reaction to that, the people on the right or the people in the center are going, okay, let's just have a decentralized internet where we can say whatever the fuck we want. And there's loads of platforms like Gab showing up, uh, yeah. BitChute, like all alternatives to these like ubiquitous companies. Ingenuity yeah. will always win over. Yep. And this seems to be like a hand-wringing, pearl-clutching, <laughs> moral culture war that has nothing backing it up, only some ideas. Feelings. <laughs> that are eating themselves. Yeah, yeah. They, these oh, these yeah, people already, after giving enough road, are now eating themselves. Absolutely. Like the pussy hats thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if but they I can't agree to, amongst know, themselves and form this. Yeah, I, I, before, before we go any further or have to let you go, you know, on a much bigger scale, a much bigger picture, we've got Donald Trump. He's got military intelligence. He has some very powerful people, Mattis and other people that are working, it seems to me, pretty extensively on bringing down pedophile networks, human traffickers, corruption. I mean, Hollywood stars, huge Hollywood moguls are falling. Um, TV stars, our media, you know, a Matt Lauer goes down. You know, it's just he's picking them off left and right. And you know this would not be happening had Hillary Clinton been elected. And I feel that this is a gradual numbing, almost, of the American public's mindset to get ready for the big fish when they start falling because Anthony Weiner's laptop yielded a massive amount of information. We already know that. We know that a lot of people were connected to this. We know that there are some huge names that are going to fall. We can see the people freaking out in Hollywood. The Rico the politicians. Case. And this is where we get yeah. back to Maxine Waters losing her shit and saying, you know, talking about violence. Look, the only thing they know, the only thing that changes the tide and doesn't expose their crimes is a civil war or a major global conflict. That's the only thing that saves them from from <clears throat> literally ultimate demise. And and this is this is the deep state, you know, minus some massive false flag attacks. This is this is showing their true desperation in my mind. What do you what do you think? I I, I watched some stuff about the border control debate, right? And I've been reading and I've been watching and trying to figure out, like the. The right thing to do, right? And I know that there's people coming over illegally from countries that are having a really shit time. Like Honduras is not the number one holiday destination. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, it's not. Um, 
I mean, it's cheap. It's sunny, but um, there's a high chance. Of, uh, the weather in Honduras today is uh, sunny, warm, uh, with a high chance of stabbing. But it's <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah. Um, this this kind of stuff is such a is such a, an easy stick to bait Trump with. Yeah. You just beat him, beat him with this easy stick, and like Trump is all, he, like like Bush was, and like Obama was for the other side, uh, a, a, an easy target. Like, how much is Trump actually doing himself? There's people around him that are operating, like it, it's a there's a load of ad hominem attacks based on policies that have been there since the Obama administration, if not before, yeah. Um, yeah. If not before, it's not an easy thing to do. Bill Clinton signed stuff in 1993 uh, uh, about border controls uh, and uh, Hillary Clinton signed off as Secretary of State on other ones. There's videos of <clears throat> Obama and Hillary Clinton talking about um, don't bring your kids, don't use your oh, kids yeah. as pawns because oh, yeah. we'll just fucking send you home. Like, Well, and that was this whole this whole border thing by the media was a distraction. Jeff and I talked extensively about this. It was a IG distraction from the, the, emails, the yeah. it was a distraction from the IG report and yeah. from page 290 to 303 when yeah. Jeff and I talked about it and he he said, "Man, you got to read these pages where it talks about Wiener's laptop, the Clinton Foundation and the exploitation of children for 13 pages." Yeah. That's the distraction of why the border was brought up. The, watch the bouncing ball over here. There's this little <laughs> kid that's crying down here. And we all need to watch this and to get upset about it. When in reality, the American people, vast majority of them, have no clue about the IG report, the hearings on Capitol Hill, the Clinton Foundation, Wiener's laptop, and children, ch- uh, children exploitation. And well, the fact I that it was blatantly you, misreported you, as well. It was blatantly misreported yeah. on all the channels. It was like no bias, no bias. When we we know Peter Strzok was biased, Comey was biased. There was definite political bias. But then the news reports, Clapper, there was no Brennan, political bias. All, all of them. And then they escort Strzok out of out of the building a couple of days later. It's like I thought there was no political bias. I thought nobody. I thought I thought he did that. Strzok did that because he was a patriot. He, basically, how they spun this was: Well, we're done with the Hillary thing. It's been going on for years. This new information we have on Trump's collusion with Russia is where we have to pivot towards now so you know there's supposed supposed patriotic fervor they turn away from hillary and go after trump and and trump's campaign was spied on uh because for his his safety yeah it's america's safety of course right but but that's the thing like you can see the deep the deep state strings being pulled when those things come to the surface exactly so like through all of that and i'm not like a trump supporter but you can't help but admire the massive brass cojones on the cunt yeah yeah like while all that shit is going on he's he's stopping the uh war movements of the korean peninsula for the first time in over 70 years like no one has done that he's going to be nominated for a a nobel peace peace prize and every liberal in america is going to fucking diarrhea their jockey shorts well you know still and whatever he does he'll never get any credit whether it's ceasing the funding of an an arming of isis you know all of this stuff that he's got going on over there if you're if you're following an ideology that would rather see america in a nuclear war than see donald trump succeed there's something wrong with your thinking. Well, that's, There's you know, I don't know if you heard Bill Maher. Bill Maher said, you know, I, I long for an economic collapse in the U.S. so we can get rid of Donald Trump. You know, and not everybody's going to agree on the immigration, what's going on. We've talked about it in this show. I think the, the more the, 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 the immigration stuff had nothing to do with anti-Muslim, because if that was the case, it would have got rid of Indonesia and Bangladesh and all these other countries with Muslims. We're talking about a few countries that he knows 
this inside baseball of who's funding ISIS, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. as well of what's going on on the southern border, he's aware the of the child, seven, the child in human trafficking. He's setting up these 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 rules and these laws or whatever he's doing with the executive yeah. decision. He knows, you know, what was it? 12,000 kids. I'm just throwing this number. Out. I think this was right. 12,000 yeah. kids were here. 10,000 of them were sent alone yeah. without their parents with these own. strangers. Or with yeah. other strangers. Or yeah, with yeah. other strangers. And of, yeah. and of those 10,000, 70% of them were girls. And of that 70%, 98% of them were sexually assaulted on the way over. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's stupid numbers. Right, right. So right. here's the thing. So here's the bigger picture. You're talking I'm about the 2,000 you... kids that are left from that 12,000 being left with people who may or may not be their relatives. Right. They well, don't have any DNA evidence. They don't have any uh, documentation for these kids. And if you have a law that says, like, if you have a kid, you're going to be allowed to pass the border, you're going to get some desperate people who are going to be like, I don't care how much it costs. Find me a child, put it in my arms, give it some fucking Xanax or Valium so it's not roaring crying. And we're going to go across the border and I'm going to get. Well, that, that's why part of, part of the executive order session said they're going to do DNA tests now. They're just not going to reunite people who say they're so, parents. Here's the beautiful thing so about here's it. The thing. Yeah. So here's the thing. I bet he's going to say the same thing. The executive order has been written so that the families aren't being separated. So you go over the border with a case of trafficking for whatever reason. But let's say it's a, 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 a pedophile thing. Let's say it's a sex thing. You're not allowed out of the company of that child and you and that child are kept together and in 20 days because of the i think it's the rosa is it the rosa rule i forget there's some rule where you're not allowed to to, to um keep these kids uh in in detainment for more than 20 days so in those 20 days they're getting a dna test back to find out if they match that person. <clears throat> so they write they fill out their claim they fill out all that stuff and then they're put in a room together and kept there yeah. So if that guy is a trafficker or a pedophile or he's working for that gang trying to uh, shuffle kids into the US, he now has to sit with his product, quote unquote product, in the room until it's proven that they are not uh, like a familial relative. Right. And then that guy is not only going to be arrested for illegal immigration, but also for human trafficking. And if that's not a fucking massive disincentive for stealing children to bring them over the border. I don't know what is. Well, like, here's where it gets bigger. Like, and I Trump has said an that overused term. Trump has said that human traffickers. Like. Trump said that human traffickers. He wants them to get the death penalty. So he's going to work on getting that taken care of. Human traffickers will then get the death penalty. How many people then want to bring a kid with them that isn't theirs? That's the thing. So it's disincentivizing that. Right. And in addition to this whole freezing I, of assets of anyone involved in this, that's global too. Yeah. yeah. As a stick to beat him with, the way the news are reporting it. I think it's maybe underreported or misreported. Yeah, and the and the IG report thing like that was brought up. The attention to that was brought up because of this border thing. I think it may have slipped through the cracks if there wasn't such a focus on Trump and what he's doing. Because what happens when we're like, "Hey, look over here! Look over here! Where does conspiracy community look?" somewhere else yeah precisely and that we, we kind of saw through that and it's like it, it just gets compounded by you know time magazine exactly. with the cover of trump standing over that little girl and in so many of those pictures we find out was manufactured the little boy in the cage was just it wasn't even it was a cage a it, yeah it was and it was just yeah. completely you know and I, I wanted to ask you that too before i let you go because i know this is kind of a huge component of this because we talk about it a lot you know we we all search for you know, information, whether it's the internet, reading a book or whatever. And <clears throat> online, this alternative media that we find ourselves involved in, 
there is so much mis and disinformation out there that's uh, that's undermining what we do and it's it's really honestly taking a toll on this this trying this, to delegitimize de- legitimize what we're what talking we're about and yeah. it's and it's, it's a little bit of everywhere whether it's alternative media or operation yeah. mockingbird where they're seeing it on cnn and i mean every, no one seems to be getting any any real legitimate information what do you think that role is and will continue to be on 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 this polarization, you know what I mean? And continuing and, and exacerbating this polarization that's taking place. Like you, there's an echo chamber on. I did my thesis in college last year on fake news. And basically it's <laughs> the emotional attachments to fake news and being right online. So if it's like a drug, you know, you're getting a, a little hit of dopamine. If you look at something online that you agree with and in order to maintain that, non-challenged environment in your social media space, you are going to block all oppositional thought. So what that's doing is making a whole echo chamber of these people over here and then a whole other echo chamber of agreement over here in this place. And there's like a a Berlin Wall of of ideological thought in between. And that's fueling this other stuff where, you know, the likes of, of... uh, the gay cake situation, Supreme Court decision. Uh, if that guy doesn't want to make a cake for some gay people, that's his choice. He might ruin his business. Just like the people at the Red Hen refused to serve Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She tweets about it. All right, from her press secretary account, she probably shouldn't have done that. But she tweets about it. And then they're going to be run out of business and they're going to be protested against. That's the market force. So if you're working on that kind of stuff, on meritocracy, like all that's going to work out if you're looking at subjective media and the media that you imbibe on a daily basis if you're if you're not feeling challenged uh, conspiracy farmers if you're not feeling mm-hmm. challenged in your uh, media consumption then you're probably just fucking jerking yourself off and just reading stuff that uh you know is basically like echo chamber exactly loop. When I was, I would say like, no one's oh, looking for stroke in your, exactly. your own ideology. Like, and no one's looking for information. They're just looking for affirmation for what they already believe. Yes. And like you said, it, yeah. it whether whatever echo chamber you find yourself in, that's usually it. And I, I said that in a post recently. If we could just take the ego out of our analysis of these things, and we could be stop so polarized and so extremely. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, whatever the word is, tribal, and we begin to see these these matters, whether it's child trafficking or embezzling of drugs and money, that transcends right and left because it goes on on both sides. I mean, with these our conversations and our arguments, quote unquote, I think would begin to fade away because we begin to see the fallacy and the uh, of the paradigm, the right left paradigm, how how horseshit it is, and how we're all being played yeah. against each other. This whatever it is, CoIntelPro or Divide and Conquer, it is absolutely real and it's by design yeah. and the sophistication of this design is what frustrates me that people don't see i remember as a kid watching like uh, 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 you know the aliens kang uh, uh, tries to be president on the simpsons you know and uh, it's all like the puppet on the left is the one that you know it's the puppet on the right <laughs> I like, remember these, that. I remember that. It, like as a child i'm like yeah i get that like i get it it doesn't really matter who's the president like shit goes on anyway right um two quick things uh, one of them whatever you're looking at online Right. We have an episode on propaganda and how propaganda started talking about, uh, you know, uh, early earliest uh, war propaganda and uh, uh, Alexander the Great using like fake news. Uh, My name is Alexander. I want to take over Macedonia. You guys get out of here. You're too brown. Uh, Alexander came over and he was like, um, 
uh, pretending that there was more in his army than there were and then the people just wouldn't show up to the fight and he'd just march in and take their villages. <laughs> nice. Like a stable genius that guy was, absolutely. <laughs> so propaganda and it's in all its forms has skyrocketed in the 20th century. Early, early, uh, uh, early, like 1900s, like early 20th century, um, the use of Freud and uh, his Edward his, Bernays. Uh, grandson Edward Bernays, those kind of guys made media what it is and showed corporations and showed these trusts um, that manipulation of mass population through media was totally possible. Yeah. And that was like the birth of... of Think way way back to... Newspapers, uh, radio, all this kind of stuff. Think back to the Rothschilds before that when they made sure that news got back to England, that England had lost the war to Napoleon, yes, the, yeah. the, and they were able to buy up everything at that point. Yeah. The son the son ran away from the battlefield to come home to tell the, the stock market, like, buy that shit. That's the, the, that's the rumor anyway, you know? Yeah. Uh, we did. We talked about him in our J.P. Morgan episode and how they cornered the, the banking system in the United States yeah. um, through the antitrust laws and all this kind of stuff, the takeover of copper and the... the Knickerbocker crisis. Did, didn't you guys do one on the sinking of the Titanic and the Astors? And As well. yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, I found, dude. I just heard that one recently. How some of yeah. the some of the opponents of the Federal Reserve Act were, were on, on the Titanic, Titanic yeah. including the Astors, and absolutely yeah. very interesting. Three of the richest men in the world. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about Taft with, with and Wilson? Propaganda, right? One one of the most interesting things I found was in 2013, the Obama administration signed off on the repeal of what was called the Smith-Munt Act. Have you guys heard of this? No, sir. Sound like Jay Leno. You heard of this? Smith-Munt <laughs> Act. Have you heard of this? Real, real funny story. The Smith-Munt Act was made in 1940, I'm pulling this out of my arse now, 1947, in opposition to propaganda media created by Germany, Russia, and America worldwide for promotion of... Um, discrimination against certain groups and certain political ideologies, basically war propaganda. So they went, okay, the war is over. We're going to have to put a stop to this propaganda. That was made in 1947. That lasted until 2013 when the Obama administration repealed that act. The Smith-Munt Act is now defunct. Well, that's, I think, a part of the Indian... The American government is allowed to propagandize... Yes, that was in the the National Defense Authorization Act, where propaganda on American system is is legal, along with um, indefinite detentions of Americans, as well as assassinations. an American citizen, if you want. Wow. All of it together. So all the protections that people were given and the things that you could count on. Like, when you watch the news, you imagine Walter Cronkite, that's all the news that's worthy of hearing, or whatever he used to say, whatever that catchphrase <laughs> right. was. Worthy of uh, hearing. That's, and that's the that's news. That's all the muck that's fit to rake. I'm Walter Cronkite. <laughs> like, that's, you could, you watch that motherfucker and you believe shit he says because he says it with a real serious face. Right. Now you look at, like, Rachel Maddow, or Ugh. you look at like uh, uh, Katie Couric you look at somebody who's who's on TV going and the, or what's that one's name not the butter lady what's the one that she does these <laughs> interviews these really emotional interviews she has like blonde hair and a real like uh, uh, like she's just licked a really sour arsehole you know this one <laughs> I don't know that little girl what's that one's name I want to say Sally Struthers but I know that there's, can't be it there's so many there's so many horrible yeah, exactly. horrible 
talking heads in this nation that it's I mean, take your pick. Right. I, 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 I can't, we'll find it. Your, your fans will find that shit. I fucking hate that cunt. I hate her face. She's just so uh, emotionally manipulative and divisive for no reason. Right. right. So all well, Rachel Maddow was bawling the other night on, yeah. on her broadcast about the, the immigration thing. She was bawling. Yeah. yeah. Rachel Maddow. Yeah. I mean, never before has that been done, but it's emotional manipulation. Like Ex- yeah. when you're watching the news, you. Usually, you get the fucking news. You get the unfettered fact without bias. Right? right. Now, when you're talking about news media, it shouldn't have a bias. Right. When you're talking about what we're doing, yeah. right, which is investigative, no, uh, uh, independent journalism, let's say, uh, entertainment creation, but it has a political slant. We hypothesize. We, we theorize. We speculate. Exactly. We're at home. So long as we're not defaming anybody, so long as we're not outing anybody for being gay, so long as we're not fucking up anybody's business by saying that, you know, they have rats in the soup or whatever, we can pretty much say whatever we like. And it's up to the people to decide if we're trustworthy or not. There's one man online and I would trust every word out of his mouth because he's been proven to be spot on the ball. At, at all avenues of, of information uh, dissemination. And that's Philip DeFranco. And he has a team, and he has a great news little uh, news team there. I watch all his vlogs. I watch the behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, those people have integrity. They are majority liberal, but they, they do have also a very kind of uh, a conservative, I guess, uh, facet to their office. They at so least there have is, morals. Like, a good balance of people in the office. They make sure that the stuff is told, and then Philip himself adds his own little twist on some of the stories. And I would believe every single word and every single fact that comes out of that man's mouth because he has been consistent. And if he has been wrong, he said how and why he was wrong right. and apologized for it without trying to spin it or without trying to be like, I'm going to, you know, uh, uh, it, it wasn't my fault. It right, was, right, right. Like, information changed. It wasn't that I was wrong. Yeah. You're like, come on, dude. Yeah. That's some fucking mad postmodernist things. Like, yeah, I wasn't wrong. They were alternative facts. And, and that like, is so, so very refreshing, too, in this world when you know they're just lying to your face. Somebody who you said is trustworthy, does do their best, you can tell, and who might be off center every once in a while, who says my culpa and understands you know i, I was fallible yeah. that that's hugely refreshing and that goes to their <clears throat> excuse me their authenticity and you know creating a, 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 a source of information where people can go and you know at least halfway we're just think- fucking we're just dudes with laptops man right we're looking at the same shit y'all are looking at but maybe like you you two guys ha- have a little bit more knowledge than most i definitely would have a, a more knowledge than a lot of the people in Ireland about American politics and about conspiracy stuff. Right. Like, I don't know anyone else in Ireland who's doing something like this at this level. And I would pride myself on trying to get the right information, but also I'm coming at it a storytelling point of view, an entertainment point of view. Right, right. Like, I'm trying to create a narrative to be able to make very kind of stale and uninteresting facts into an entertaining like dick joke sprinkled souffle <laughs> of, of of news entertainment and, and history and biography and all this kind of stuff like you have to have a bias if you're doing this stuff you have to have some bias you have right. to have a fucking point of view right because sure. if you're not you're just the associated press and then this happened and thursday at nine right. this happened right like you can take that in but unless you're putting that into something like you know uh, um uh, Alex Jones, some of that shit he says is mental, but some of it is true. Some yeah. of, yeah. All of it is entertaining. Right, For right. sure. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's you know, hellified so, entertaining. So now let me ask you, 
Gordon, have you ever gotten any threats online or warnings or, hey, watch your ass or anything like that, messages? I've got... I've got uh, warnings from people who say that I should watch my ass, but it wasn't like a threat. It was like a supportive, like, hey, dude, you're talking about some shit right there. Right. You should, like, be careful or whatever. Yeah, we get a lot of that. We get a lot of that. And I've even had former CIA guys send me CIA escape kits (laughs) if I'm ever captured. (laughs) What's that, like a cyanide capsule? Yeah. (laughs) That's in there, too. That's in there, too. A plastic plastic cufflink key. Some para ropes, some, some CIA escape kit, some right? some, <laughs> some lock picks. Your price. <laughs> you yeah. too can escape from freaking potential doom. Yeah, yeah. Escape from your pressure price. Are pen. the ruskies coming up your back drive? <laughs> Make sure you have your baby's first cyanide capsule under one of your milk <laughs> oh, teeth. Oh shit! Just bite into it with your developing gums. Right there, you go. Yeah, it's, holy it's shit, up, man! Like. A lot of the stuff we talk about, though, is, is surface-level shit. I mean, there's some QAnon stuff that's, like, blowing my mind. I can't even... So you're I in the queue. Even, so you're in the queue. Like, Good. the blanket of my mind is not even wide enough to wrap my mind around that thing. Yeah. Like, how it works. You're talking about Donald making signs of Q. Yeah, yeah. In, in the air with his fingers as he's giving speeches, and you're like, yeah. God damn, this couldn't be going this high, could it? You know? At, at, the, same time, at the same time, I have this, like, conspiracy boner. That's like three quarters chub perpetually yeah. for the fact that that might actually be the case. Yeah, he's like, Hugh's been right a lot of times, man. The position of president to take down all the motherfuckers we've been giving out about for years. Yeah. And then in like two, three years time, it'll all fall down and we'll all be hugging each other going, what were we like? Yeah, see, it's, oh that's, I, we are in that. We, we both have the same perpetual chubby, my friend. But, you know, I, I like to... Yeah. I'm on the fence still. I like to look at it as possible. Like you brought up Alex Jones and that ilk. For years, they yeah, perpetuated so much fear porn. And I think this could be a potential dose of hope porn that all the people that we've heard about low these many years are going to be brought to justice, the perp walks, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I definitely play the fence. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to get my hopes up too much because that's, you know, we know how long this shit's been going on, decades and decades. Yeah. And from Jimmy Seville and all this other dark shit, the, the depths of the evil is so deep. I, yeah, I would we have love a show for this on Jimmy to... Savile, like, and all yeah. the stuff. To, you're talking like at government levels, exactly. Yeah. And that's why I say I know how high this goes, and I know how dark and evil it is. And I, I, I definitely want the hammer to drop. But again, you know, I, I thought this way before Trump got elected. I was like, there's no way Hillary Clinton is deep, deep state. You know, Trump is this outsider. There's no way she's not going to win, and she won. So it's like, you know, I'm not infallible or always right. I, but I it, never, I never thought she was going to win. I did a podcast with a crowd here in Dublin, good man, like good months man. before the election. I was like, Trump has it, man. He absolutely has it because he's the outsider. He's the refreshing. Well, I, thing I've that always some, felt that, that presidents are are want. selected, not elected. So, and I just thought the machine was going to protect her, and I'm glad it didn't because the machine my, did protect her, and she got butchered and devoured anyway. Well, she's, the American she's still people. free. She's still free. So I, I'm still seeing some mechanisms for in place now. to keep her. For, <laughs> for now, yeah, yeah. Wearing that walking boot around for a while, wasn't she? Hillary <laughs> Clinton is, you know, she's the succubus, dude. She is. She is a just. Uh, she's a deplorable lock human being. Up. Yeah. What I'm saying, guys, is you gotta lock her up. <laughs> that report has come out. I'm telling you. She smells like down. she smells like pee, and she needs to go to jail. Gordon, dude, we could seriously Orange have you. A new black. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, don't get me started on that human being. Gordon, man, it has been awesome. You, um, any social networking? I mean, I know on your page you got all kinds of stuff where we can find you. Shout, shout us out a little something, something where we can find you, brother. 
Yeah, the whole thing is on uh, thoseconspiracyguys.com. You can okay. subscribe. I have a, a thing on the site. There's about 25 different podcast apps Yeah, um, that everybody who has a podcast should be on, by the way. Um, I did see that. Very impressive. Go on there onto thoseconspiracyguys.com. Subscribe on whatever you got. Just click the link. We also have uh, like a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, a Reddit, subreddit. If you want to go in and throw up some links or have some discussions with people. We have a Discord server where uh, I think we're nearly up to about a thousand super awesome co-conspirators are in there uh, having chats. And I have a channel for each uh, episode so people can go in after the episode and have like a kind of a locker room. Locker room talk. Have a little chat after the after a debriefing. The game and, you know, a debriefing. Talk about stuff. grabbing pussies and whatnot. Well, and, and we <laughs> and uh, and then and then the big thing for me uh, in at the start of November this year, I'm embarking on a Pan American documentary tour, uh, and I have a GoFundMe up for that. GoFundMe.com/slash/tcgtv. I saw that, and it's up for uh, seventy-five thousand dollars. We're we're over the twenty thousand uh, dollars mark nice. at the moment. And there's a good chunk coming into the Patreon. So we're definitely going. I have visas nice. and stuff on the way, lawyers and buying a van. And we're going to drive across the country, 48 continental states, make 12 feature-length documentaries and a year's worth of daily vlogs. So we're going to be Very hitting cool. up uh, all the lads about gun control, um, racism, going to be visiting some some Black Lives Matter people and some KKK people and going, why can't y'all get along? <laughs> uh, we're going to be hitting up sexuality, finding out why the lads aren't allowed to go into the toilets in North Carolina. We're going to be talking about, uh, uh, one is called Apocalypse, so I'm going to be looking at preppers, people in Northern California, people in Montana and South Dakota, uh, people in uh, uh, the southern states like Texas that have like bunkers in their in their back gardens. Right, right. Shipping, uh, shipping containers underground. Exactly. A lot of people talking about uh, food and medicine. So we're going to be going to Colorado to find out about medicinal marijuana and how it's grown and who buys it and who sells it. Very cool. And uh, food. So loads of farmers and trying to find out, like, is Monsanto wrecking your buzz? Uh, what are we yeah. feeding the people here? And is there anything that we can do about it? Like, does it cure autism to go on like a raw ketogenic diet? Uh, all these kind of little things that we're wanting to go around with. So that's 12 that is um, awesome. feature length documentaries. It's crowdfunded. Nobody's doing that shit. And right. I think how difficult I've found it over the last year to organize it. I think there's a reason nobody's doing it. But I'm not doing it on any TV like production company. It's me and my girlfriend, Claire. And we're going. And I have all the camera gear and I have all the stuff. And we're just going to fucking do it. Beautiful. Meet the people. Awesome. Have some live shows. You're talking about doing a tour. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to join you on the tour. For I'm sure. Awesome. In November, so if you want to do some shit. Sam Tripoli as well is wanting Absolutely. to go on tour. Absolutely. talking about all these cities. So uh, I was on Sam's show last night actually uh, talking about uh, uh, the legend of Atlantis. Yeah, Sam Sam is awesome. And Ryan, we were just actually on a couple weeks ago, a couple times. And yeah. then uh, we've had Sam on and the, the crew over there a couple times of Ten, Tenfoil Hat Podcast. Check those guys out as well. And Ireland, let me tell you what. We see you guys, and we see you guys seeing us. We see the numbers we are putting up in Ireland. So as a part of this tour, maybe we can do some uh, some crossing the water because we definitely have some fans in Iowa, and or Iowa, Ireland. And hopefully after this interview, you can share the links and spread the word out throughout there. And um, I would definitely Ireland love to. Ireland is the Iowa of Europe. That's yeah. what it is. It's just like <laughs> it's very green here, and we'd love to come over yeah. and have a pint. Exactly, with you. exactly. Go to the fields. 
But Gordon yeah, Rochford. Right? Yeah, man. man Thank you. He is the conspiracy guy. It's been an awesome conversation. And later on down the line, bro, you are more than welcome back to tell us about the progress of your show, your projects, and uh, hopefully we can link up very up soon. Do a my live friend. show with him when he's well, here. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. We're smashing the charts, man. We're in, we're in the top 200 in our category on iTunes Beautiful. in America perpetually. Like, we're not out of the top 200. That's out of 570,000 podcasts yeah. in the whole world. Beautiful world. And that's just me in this little room. Hey, hey you're, yeah. you clearly. Actually, what happens when I get to America, man? It's going to. You're doing the work, the brother. You, we uh, we, we were up in the upper fifties, uh, you know, not too long ago when Pat was on the Joe Rogan podcast. But you know, again, all the fans, you know, we're not going to be hitting up conventional advertisers, etc. So it's grassroots funded, listener funded, sure. farmer funded, ladies and gentlemen. Click our PayPal link once again. Go to the Conspiracy Guys. You know, donate to their Patreon, their GoFundMe, brother. You are awesome, man. This has been this quite a ride, and, and you I, do a hell of an American impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your Trump is on point, my friend. <laughs> Thanks a million, you guys. It's been great. It's been huge. Best show ever. Huge China. Best show ever. China, China, China. Gordon Rochford, ladies and gentlemen. He is the conspiracy guy. Check him out. Man, this has been awesome. Thanks, Peace. Man. So much love, everybody. Stay tuned. There will always be more.